Hello, and welcome to episode six of Just Another History Podcast. I'm Evan Norville. And I'm Dylan Colucci. And we are your hosts. Uh, you can find Dylan on Instagram at Dylan Colucci. That's all one word, spelled Dylan with a Y, C-O-L-U-C-C-I. And you can find me on Instagram at Evan underscore Norville. That's Evan underscore N-O-R-V-E-L-L. And you can find the Just Another History Podcast on Instagram at Just Another History Podcast with underscores between each word. Uh, we just want to thank everyone for joining us today. And on today's episode, we will be discussing uh, three animals that took part in World War II. Chips, uh, the dog, Unsinkable Sam the cat, and uh, Wojtek the bear. And so uh, these animals all have very interesting stories, and we've got a lot to cover on each. So let's jump right in. So, guys, today's episode is going to sound a little bit different on Dylan's end because he is joining us via telephone. He couldn't make it in person today. So, Dylan, how you doing? Doing pretty good. Hoping the, uh, the phone doesn't cut out or anything. Yeah, I'm hoping the audio sounds okay. So, you let us know in the comments, people, how this, how this sounds. <laughs> we're we're going to try it. So, Dylan, you know, animals have been used throughout history for warfare. For example, you know, I always think when I think of animals in warfare, obviously the first thing that comes to your head is like the U.S. cavalry or something, you know, yeah. or anything like horses do with warfare, not just the United States, but, you know. And uh, more notably, I think of like the Persian war elephants. Those really come into my mind and this, that and the other. So lots of interesting animals that, that come into mind. But anyway, there are three that we're going to bring you today. Uh, who saw action in World War II and all have very interesting, entertaining stories, in my opinion. And Dylan, I think that we should start with Chips. So Dylan, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about Chips? Yeah, so uh, Chips the dog, uh, it was a German Shepherd and Husky mix. And back in, <clears throat> back in 1942, uh, the owners of Chips donated him to the U.S. military. Uh, which apparently was a thing that, you know, happened sometimes apparently. that people would donate animals and things. Apparently I didn't know that. I didn't uh, and I think <laughs> I read somewhere that there were, I want to say about, I think it said 11,000 ish dogs donated, uh, to the war effort. Yep. Uh, which is pretty cool. Don't quote me on that. That may not be exact. I, I've right. got the exact number. 10,425. Oh, look at you go. So <laughs> you're close. Yeah. So, yeah, so the owners of Chips donated him to the military. Uh, they just felt like he would be a good dog for military service. Okay. And turns out they were, you know, pretty accurate with that assessment. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, he was actually from, I believe, New York, a little town of Pleasantville, Pleasantville, New York. And so he enlisted uh, Chips. The guy. When I say he, I'm talking about Edward J. Wren. That was his owner and uh, enlist him in the army in August of 1942. So um, very interesting that a dog can be enlisted in military service uh, at this time. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you think of like modern, you've got the dogs who are like bomb sniffers and yeah. stuff like that. But, you know, if you go back in the 1940s, you don't really think about that of, of like dogs being used much. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool, honestly. It, it really is. It really is. So, uh, most notably, I think I have a story here about chips I'd like to talk about. And Dylan, you can butt in wherever you'd like. 
And uh, the main thing here that I want to cover is like, um, you know, he, he was brought in, he was trained and they were sent out for uh, active duty. OK. And so this tour begins before dawn on July the 10th of 1943. Uh, ships landed with the 3rd Infantry Division and they landed on uh, in southern Sicily, which is the island, you know, just off of uh, Italy. And, uh, you know, Chips was with them and immediately a machine gun nest uh, open up on uh, the troops. Right. So they all hit the deck and they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. So very interestingly, Chip actually breaks free from his handler. OK. And races toward the fire. And there's actually several eyewitness reports of this that people have written their journal or whatever. And apparently uh, he jumps into the this one pit. And the guys hear a pistol shot. And so they think, well, the Italians just shot the dog. That's it. You know, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, underwhelming. Right. Very. And so they hear the pistol shot go off. Uh, but however, uh, an Italian soldier runs out with chips uh, on his throat. Like, you know, dogs munch down on his trachea, basically. <laughs> and so and so he comes out with him and three more Italian soldiers come out with their hands up. And so Chip single-handedly, or I guess you want to say paw, pawedly with this, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he captured four men anyway by himself. And so that's pretty cool in, in my eyes. Dog captures four men. I mean, he must have been a mean fella to, uh, to have that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, so. and what's really cool is once he gets into the machine gun nest, uh, they said he actually ripped the machine gun off of its mount. Wow. See, I didn't know that. Uh, which was really cool. They, he, he ran in there. I don't know in what order he did all this. Right. And some, in a series of events, he basically captured four enemy soldiers and dismantled one of their machine guns. Uh, Jeez. And he actually was burned because of that, because the machine gun was really hot. Oh, sure. You know, so when he grabbed it uh, with his mouth or whatever and knocked it off the mount, uh, he actually sustained some burn wounds and things like that, mm-hmm. uh, but he kept on kept on going. You know, didn't slow him down. Either. Right. And uh, when I was kind of researching up on ships and stuff, I also saw where uh, that same day, like later that day, even though he was wounded, he actually sniffed out uh, and helped capture ten more uh, enemy soldiers. Wow! Uh, that they eventually, that you know, he snipped them out or whatever and then they they went and captured them so that's pretty cool interesting so you know in that one day that was a pretty busy day for uh old chips you're right i wonder if italian soldiers had a common smell that he could just sniff them out by you know (laughs) (laughs) dylan you're of italian descent can you tell us anything about that uh (laughs) you know i don't know I, i feel like at least on this particular day everybody probably stunk pretty bad oh definitely uh, pretty equally, so you never know. Big stinking, definitely. So yeah, like you said, Chip suffered a few wounds, and he was actually awarded some medals. Uh, Chip was awarded, of course, you know, when you're wounded, you get the Purple Heart. So Chips was awarded the Purple Heart, and he also was awarded uh, later on the Silver Star and the Distinguished Service Cross. And so Chips uh, became the most decorated canine in, mil- in military history. <laughs> yeah. At this those, point. I believe those three awards are the top three awards that are given out by the military. Correct? Right. Uh, I think he goes Silver Star, Distinguished Service Cross, and Purple Heart. 
Right. And yeah, so it's like these are very high honors for a person, you know, obviously. And so Chips, you know, was awarded all these medals. And uh, however, there he, he had like a lot of fans, right? Like this, this caught a lot of attention in the press. The papers back home started writing about this. And he had a lot yeah, of fans. He was basically a war hero. Exactly. Really. He really was. But however, there were a few, uh, not really enemies of Chips, but maybe people who were not so keen to a dog getting awarded medals. <laughs> Most notably, there was a there was a man uh, who wrote into the president, apparently a, a close confidant of the president. He was in Congress, one of the congressmen, and uh, basically was complaining that this dog had been awarded medals. And this gets around to the army, and the army apparently uh, this slipped through the cracks, and the high up command was like, "We didn't know this was a dog." <laughs> so the army actually uh, revoked all of his medals. Uh, so that was kind of sad, but his, yeah. the men in the division still saw him as being a hero. And so they, they kind of still saw him as earning these three medals, even though they, the military, you know, people high, high ups kind of revoked it. He was kind of still seen as a hero to them and everybody else who liked him back home too. So it was more of just like a paperwork thing. Like we can't show a dog getting medals that way. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think that's hilarious. They didn't, didn't even realize it was a dog yeah. like, in, like, in the books or whatever. Who's named Chips? You know, like what human is named Chips? You know what I mean? Like they should have. Some little nickname or something. I don't know. But, I guess so. They should have figured that one out. But anyway. Uh, I guess. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I was just going to say that, uh, you know, after this happened, Chips had remained with the division and he went on to see some more service uh, after this. But th I just wanted to talk about this main story uh, and it was very interesting to me. Uh, yeah. But anyway. That is pretty interesting, and I guess uh, at least good for poor old Chips. Uh, he didn't receive this when he was alive. Actually, I believe he received this award within the past 10 years or so. I don't know an exact year. Okay. Uh, but posthumously, he did receive the Dickin Medal for Exceptional Bravery and Devotion to Duty, and that medal is actually for animals. Oh, uh, okay. I didn't know it was that. created by a foundation... Uh, I think in the 1940s, like, and there's several animals that have won it. He was the 70, 70th recipient of it, and I believe the original owner's uh, son actually accepted it for him, uh, which is you know that's pretty cool. Very, that's very cool. Very interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's pretty cool, and uh, I feel like a few other things to mention with Chips <laughs> is uh, throughout his several years of service in the army, he actually got to meet some pretty interesting people. Oh, definitely. Uh, and Evan, I don't know if you saw anything about this, but I, it kind of cracked me up a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, so he met uh, President Franklin Roosevelt during his service to the Army. Uh -huh. uh, of course, he met Winston Churchill. But the one that cracks me up the most is he actually met uh, General Dwight Eisenhower. Yeah, I heard about this. <laughs> and uh, they met, and it's apparently Eisenhower reached down to pet chips at, you know, as a thank you for his service. And the uh, chips actually bit him <laughs> on the hand. I think I think that's pretty funny. He said, "He said you revoked my medal, son. Get out of here." <laughs> yeah, maybe he was just really salty about it. <laughs> that's very interesting. Yeah, Eisenhower was actually a fan of chips, and he actually didn't want his awards to be revoked. But it was kind of the higher ups, if you will. Now, Eisenhower at this time was the the supreme Allied commander, but still, there were there were still people over him. I guess if you want to say. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, Chips lived a very interesting life. And he, like I said, he remained with the third infantry division and was 
uh, honorably discharged uh, at the end of the war and retired and returned home in December of 1945. And uh, Chips actually didn't live too very long, sadly, after he got home. He lived about seven more months and uh, passed away from complications due to his war injuries. And so he never fully kind of healed, I guess you want to say, uh, from those injuries he sustained and died at the age of six. So very young for a dog to die. Uh, yeah. You know, dogs commonly live to what? A, I guess a, a, a standard age is like 10 or 11. They often live longer than that. But you know what I mean? It's still, that's very young, you know, even even for a dog. Definitely lived a full lifestyle. <laughs> oh, definitely did. And he's actually, he's actually buried at a pet cemetery. It's called Hartsdale Pet Cemetery, and it's in Westchester County up there in New York. So he's he's apparently buried with military honors and all that. So oh, I did not know that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. so it's very cool. You have anything else to add about chips, Dylan? I think that's kind of all I've got about chips. Yeah, that's all I got about chips as well. So moving on to our next friend, feline friend, if you will, Unsinkable Sam. So I'll start with Sam a little bit here. Uh, Sam was kind of uh, drafted into his military service, unbeknownst to him, <laughs> if you will. Uh, he wasn't given over like Chips was. He was just kind of chilling out one day. And uh, his career, however, began in 1941. He was around about two years old. They don't know exactly how old he was, but about two. And there were sailors of a German battleship called the Bismarck. And uh, they actually carried him aboard. They were there at the port where they were about to about to leave. And they found this cat. And they were like, ah, oh, why not? You know? <laughs> yeah, he, he can come with us. He can come with us. And so they brought him aboard. And at this time, he was named Oscar. And of course, being German, it was Oscar with a K. So, you know, that's lovely. I love that name. But uh, anyway, uh, very interesting story about Unsinkable Sam, and uh, I think we should just jump right into it. So the Bismarck went out for this uh, journey, I guess you want to say, and it was actually its first and last journey. Dylan, I didn't know if you knew this. This was Germany's largest uh, battleship, and it was very uh, – the, the Allies wanted to get a hold of it uh, and yeah. kind of take care of it before it got out of hand, right? So they, they launched the ship, and very quickly – uh, the British kind of get after it, and uh, after a long, you know, exchange and long hunt, whatever, the British uh, actually sink the Bismarck on May the twenty seventh. And yeah, that's that's pretty. I didn't realize that was its first voyage. Yeah, that's that was that was its maiden voyage, kind of like kind of like the Titanic. You know, it sunk on its first voyage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I feel like it's also worth mentioning that, like, apparently, it was somewhat of a common thing across many different countries' navies at the time to like keep uh, ship cats and, and a lot yeah. of babies, it was like an official position yeah. to help with like rodent control and things. Mm -hmm. uh, you wouldn't think there'd be many and spread disease, you know? Yeah. You wouldn't think there'd be many rodents on the ship, you know, in the middle of the ocean. So that's kind of, kind of strange. Them on and <laughs> but, help, help control the rats. Right. Exactly. So that's cool. Yeah. That, that, that was a common thread, especially at this time. But anyway, they do sink the ship and, uh, only 115 of the 2200 crew survive. So that's a lot of people for a battleship. So like I said, this is a large battleship. Usually a battleship does not have near this many people on it. So it was yeah. a big one. But anyway, uh, only 115 people survive from this. And uh, the cat is found floating on a piece of board, you know, from the ship, whatever. Uh, and the British actually rescue him. Uh, the crew of the HMS... Kozak, and HMS, of course, stands for Her Majesty's Ship. 
or his majesty's ship, whoever is king or queen at the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, he was apparently, uh, they didn't, you know, they brought him aboard and I don't know how they knew that if they asked maybe some of the POW Germans that they captured, or if they just kind of named him maybe a coincidence, they named, they call him o- Oscar still at this time. And I thought that was very interesting. So I didn't know if they just randomly named him the same name or if the POWs told him what their name was. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, see, that's interesting to me, too, because I read an article, and I, I got kind of got kind of cracked up on it, to be honest, but I read an article, and it stated that Oscar was the only, quote-unquote, person that was rescued from the, the wreckage. Oh, uh, they just left the other guys out there. Uh, that's what this one article did say, but it also said that they named him Oscar, so I don't know if that was just some coincidence. Yeah. Like you said, hey, Right. Or if maybe they did, in fact, capture some of the survivors. Sure. Uh, Very interesting. Yeah. It's weird. So, uh, Dylan, you know, Oscar served for a few more months on the HMS Kozak. Will you tell us a little bit about that, his, his service there? What happened? Yeah. Uh, poor old unsinkable Sam. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, like you said, he's on the Bismarck. Uh, the British sink the Bismarck, and he finds himself on the HMS Kozak. Well, uh, keep in mind that the Bismarck sank in May of 1941. So, uh, Unsinkable Sam stays on the Kozak for a few months. And during that time, uh, this particular ship was being used as an escort on the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, until October of 1941... Uh, where when it was hit by a German U-boat, uh, which resulted in the sinking of the Kazakh. So here we are again, a few months later, and, and poor Sam, poor Sam, has found himself uh, clinging to another piece of wood or a board from the wreckage of a ship. <laughs> uh, you know, same same story, same song and dance. Right. And and this is where he earned his nickname after the second. Sinking, right? This is where they started to call him Unsinkable Sam. <laughs> yeah, I think this is pretty much uh, where it, where it came along because, uh, like I said, he was on the Kazakh. Uh, there were around thirty survivors of the crew, and they were rescued by the British uh, warship, the HMS Legion. And yeah, this is where he became known as Unsinkable Sam because the crew on the Legion, you know started talking to this remaining crew of the Kazakh and they were like, yeah, he's, we rescued him from a sunken ship. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and now here he is again. So that's kind of where they started calling one single Sam. Yeah. Cause I mean, in the span of, you know, a few months, this poor cat has survived two yeah. sinking battleships. Definitely. Uh, but that's not the end of unsinkable Sam's story. It sure which not. is pretty interesting. Yeah. So he's rescued by the Legion, the HMS Legion, and he ends up on the HMS Ark Royal, which is an uh, aircraft carrier, correct? Yes, that is a British. That was a British aircraft carrier. So he's still on the HMS Ark Royal, doing what he does, uh, you know, catching rats, whatever it may be. And uh, in November of 1941, so this was a month later, uh, the Ark Royal is hit by another U- German U-boat. <laughs> Dear Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this aircraft here is hit by a torpedo but it sunk pretty slowly so they were able to 
rescue the entire crew. I think except for one man. I think he died in, in yeah. the uh, wreckage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they rescued the entire crew, and they found Unsinkable Sam floating around once again <laughs> on some wreckage. Uh, this cat's got to be actually, sick of this. Yeah, you can only imagine. It was actually the HMS Legion that rescued him again. So Sam wow. was rescued by that same battleship uh, twice in a row. I'm just going to say it. This cat is very unlucky. Like, I, don't, I wouldn't want him aboard my ship. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You think eventually they'd be like, okay, get this cat out of here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I think there was an article or something I was reading uh, that said that some of the survivors of one of these shipwrecks reported, they, they were talking about Sam. And uh, they said, you know, he's okay. He's not, he's unharmed, but he's just very angry right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw that too. <laughs> So, so you can yeah. only imagine. So more notably, Dylan, I think it's just to pronounce it, I guess, again, just to make sure everybody knows this, that he, he sunk three times in less than a year. So he was on three yeah. different ships that sunk. From May to November right. in one year, yeah. And so that's crazy to think about. Uh, but anyway, he survived, all of them. And uh, I'm sure that he, you know, to the accolades of everyone, I'm sure he was a big story. Uh, during this time to the British people, just as Chips the dog was to the American people. So, yeah, anyway. I think he became, you know, somewhat of a local celebrity. I guess you uh, could also call him a double agent, right? Because he, he worked for the Nazis, then he worked for the British, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he ended up uh, with the Axis powers and somehow ended up with the, with the Allies. And I'm telling you survived it all yeah crazy life make a movie about it i know they really should so producers if you're listening to this podcast for whatever reason uh hit us up we'll write your movie for you yeah we had a great <laughs> idea we had a script so cat survives all these sinkings and the government finally decides hey this cat's seen like enough let's get him out of here <laughs> and so he's retired back to the, to the uk and he's actually placed in Belfast. And I think Dylan, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think basically he's located at a kind of a hospital for, for wounded sailors and whatnot that, that that's there in Belfast. I don't know if you saw uh, anything about that, but I, I think that's where he was at this time. Yeah. I read something about a, some kind of home or like hospital type thing for sailors. Right. Uh, and I think he spent the rest of his life there. He did. Uh, uh, Unsinkable Sam would pass away and, 1955. So if you guys want to take a second, do the math. He was born in 1939, died in 1955. That would make Unsinkable Sam 16 years old. So, yeah, so he's a pretty old cat. Pretty old cat. He had a, you know, you know, they, they always say cats have nine lives. He definitely used up some of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he used up at least three of them. <laughs> right. So he's a very interesting feline. You know, uh, you guys can research and find pictures of him. He's just a normal looking house cat. You know, short-haired, black and white cat, and but he 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 lived a pretty extraordinary life. He's done more than I have. I think it's kind of hilarious because I mean, you know, you think by the time he's sitting, he's floating in the ocean that third time, and he's like, "Man, I know. you know, last year I was just chilling over here, and some dude picked me up and put me <laughs> on this boat, man, and I just can't escape it." You know, it's, I know it's crazy. Do you have anything else to add about him? Uh, I think that's, that's pretty much it. Okay, cool. So there's two of our three down. We've kind of got an animal from the, you know, uh, American's perspective and then an animal who 
was a German and then, you know, switched sides <laughs> to the British. And now we're moving along to another uh, member of the Allies, uh, the, the Polish. So there was this fellow by the name of uh, Wojtek, and he was a bear. <laughs> uh, Wojtek was a five to 600 pound uh, brown bear. And he was adopted, I guess if you want to say adopted, uh, by the 22nd Transport Company's Artillery Division in the Polish Second Corps. So that's a lot of, that's a mouthful. The Polish had yeah. a weird way of defining all of their militaries. The, the Russians did too. But <laughs> but anyway, really long name to say, basically he was uh, adopted by some artillerymen. So some guys who were, you know, in charge of artillery, you know, so. Anyway, uh, he was he was adopted by these guys. He was discovered as a cub in the mountains of Iran on April the 8th of 1942. So uh, he was actually discovered by these Polish guys. And that, at this time, the Poles were POWs. They were being transported to from Siberia, uh, from a gulag there, through the Middle East to Alexandria, Egypt. They were going to be shipped off to help fight. Uh, kind of support the war effort. So let's, I kind of want to cover yeah. some background on that. The allies made a deal with Stalin. Like I said, they were at this time POWs to Russia, right? Because if you'll remember back in your world history, there was a time when Russia and Germany were allies and they both absolutely wrecked Poland together. Uh, they came in from different, you know, Germany came in from the uh, East and Russia I'm sorry. Yeah. Germany came from the West and Russia from the East, excuse me, and uh, kind of took over Poland. And so they had some Polish POWs, right? Well, Germany comes around, uh, fights back at Russia, uh, you know, breaks the non-aggression pact. And uh, basically, you know, they switch sides, right? And so now uh, they make a deal. The allies make a deal with Stalin. Be like, hey, if you release these Polish people, uh, you know, because we need them to fight, please. So we'll we'll give you something in return. So I never found what they gave him in return. I don't know if they lied to him or what, <laughs> or if he was glad yeah, to do it. But anyway, they made a made some kind of deal with him, and he did release the poles, and uh, basically to help in the war effort, right? So anyway, these poles have this bear, and they nurse him uh, with condensed milk in a vodka bottle. So uh, that's pretty interesting. There, that just that sounds very Eastern European, doesn't it? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. They find this bear, and it's like a little bear cub, you know. And they, it's treated like a baby, basically. I mean, yeah, they, they bottle really it and nurse it and everything else until yep. it yep, grows into this huge bear. So, Dylan, you know, with with all things, uh, Wojtek, you know, grows up, and uh, he eventually, you know, becomes an adult. And the guys uh, teach him how to smoke cigarettes, just like you would any animal, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I think the story of this bear is just hilarious. It is. I it mean, is. It's almost like he thought he was a human. I mean, he was raised by humans. He was. Literally. He probably thought uh, he was, honestly. And it's it, he acts like he was. Mm -hmm. And uh, also, for reference, uh, we're probably butchering the name. It's the, the name of the bear is actually spelled W-O-J-T-E-K. Right. Uh, but according to, to Google, it's, it's pronounced Wojtek. Uh, but what does Google it, translate now? Yeah, <laughs> Polish word. So. Right, That's but true. we're probably butchering that. Probably. Uh, so forgive us, any Polish listeners we may end up having. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, this this bear, he like I said, the guys taught him how to smoke, and apparently he would take a couple drags, and he was known for just swallowing the cigarettes whole. And so uh, power to him, you know. <laughs> I guess he yeah, had a strong stomach. 
a nice little treat. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And they also he was also known to drink beer from the bottle, and so he could hold the bottles, you know, and turn them up, and uh, he just party with the boys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, apparently that was his favorite drink. And yeah. uh, you can actually Google and find pictures of him, like holding yeah. a bottle of beer and like a cigarette. <laughs> Definitely. the The picture I actually posted for this episode on Instagram uh, had him in it, and it kind of it cropped out, but he was holding uh, a beer in one hand and a cigarette in the other hand, or Paul, what do you want to say? <laughs> it's hilarious. I know it cropped it out. So you guys go look at that picture uh, on Google. Very interesting. So uh, anyway, you know, uh, Wojtek grows up and he's here with the Poles. And most notably, he takes part in the Battle of uh, Monte uh, Cassino in Italy. And Dylan, I may be butchering that word as well. I don't know if that's how you say that. That's how it's spelled. Uh, but anyway, it's some Italian that's word. That's how I've always pronounced it out. But, right. uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if... That's not correct. I have no idea, right. to be honest. So, Dylan, he's taking part in this battle. Can you tell us what he was doing here? <laughs> so, so, like, what's the deal with Wojtek? What's he doing? So, uh, at this time, like you said, they're, they're at the Battle of Monte Cassino uh, in Italy. And he was known to, like, carry supplies a lot. That's what this company basically did they were an artillery supply company right. for the polish uh, second corps so they supplied the front lines with uh ammunitions and things like that so there's actually i don't personally know if this is 100 percent true uh but later after the war there was a british veteran uh in an interview he actually said that he was shocked to uh you know arrive at the battlefield and see this six foot tall brown bear carrying live artillery shells <laughs> uh running on two feet you know carrying these huge artillery shells uh during this battle man i'm telling you i wonder how fast he ran like you just imagine just a bear barreling on his back two feet <laughs> i don't know but i don't know it's crazy that's so, so apparently he was known to carry artillery shells and ammunition boxes uh and that actually became the 22nd uh, artillery supply company's emblem, like on their flag, was oh. depicted uh, Wojtek the Bear car- carrying an artillery shell. Very uh, cool. That's kind of what they became known for. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I can only imagine being in the middle of a literal war. That- and uh, you look across, and then on the enemy side, there's a huge <laughs> Syrian brown bear. I kind of... I bet it's the same way Alexander the Great felt uh, when he was about to take on the Persians and saw the war elephants. It's probably the same yeah. way. <laughs> I feel like that's just incredibly intimidating. But on the but if he's on your side, he's probably a great morale booster. Like you've got a yeah, you have I an actual really bear. You know, he really served a lot as a morale booster because right. uh, you know one of we talked about him loving to drink and smoke a lot. He also liked to. Uh, he loved to box. Oh, uh, okay. So they would, you know, like in camp and stuff, you know, they would play fight. Like uh, <laughs> the soldiers and the bear would box each other. And, you know, it was just kind of, I guess, a way to get your mind off stuff yeah. and play with a bear, you know. And I think you had mentioned to me before he, like, he could, he learned the salute and all this stuff too. Like he, he, he like, they taught him a lot of, a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, like I said, they, they taught him how to salute and they taught him how to march. He would march on, Two feet, like literally. Wow. Uh, 
you know, just crazy stuff. And I also read something that uh, it was reported, and I don't know if this was what point in the timeline of the war that this happened. Uh, probably, I would assume, around the time of the Battle of Monte Cassino when he was out on the battlefield. But uh, supposedly, uh, he actually caught an uh, Arabic spy. Whoa. In the area. Supposedly. You know, allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, he caught a spy, and the spy was so terrified of the bear that he just immediately, immediately like, spilled all of his intel and pulled everything. <laughs> <laughs> because they they had a bear. You know, I thought I thought you were going to say the spy just crapped his pants or something. They probably did that. Spilled too, his bowels. <laughs> that probably wasn't the official record. You're uh, right. Probably but I did. Wouldn't doubt it, you know. Man, well that's crazy. He th- this bear just like all the other animals we talked about. He lived a f- very full life and uh, he did a lot. Of course, this, this isn't the only battle that uh, he would take part in. But this is just most notably what he became known for. Yeah, this was kind of like his moment of fame, right? Uh, so to say, and yeah. I think I think the story of this bear is just I don't know. It's super interesting. It's kind of hilarious when you think yeah, about it. Just it like is. what are the odds? Very, uh, very much so. And he even at the Battle of Monte Cassino, uh, for his efforts in the in the battle, he was actually promoted to the rank of corporal. Wow! Uh, <laughs> so the bear was actually, you know, received rank. And I think one thing we didn't really talk about, but is also worth mentioning is the whole reason that the bear really ended up in the uh, company anyways, as like a a member of the company, there's a point in time where they were, uh, like you mentioned, Evan, they were going to meet with British forces. Right. Uh, So they were all, they had to get on a ship and go over there. Well, you know, they were basically like, we can't let this bear on here. Uh, You know, we're only transporting soldiers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they just enlist the bear. They sign him up as a private, <laughs> uh, and he's yeah. like on the payroll. You know, he had his own paybook. Uh, he had his own like serial number or whatever. That's so funny. Uh, yeah, and they. I, I even read something where they had said that he was uh, because he was so big. He received double rations, so like he even got his own <laughs> rations and everything. I mean, he was. <laughs> literally on you know in the records of this company as a as an official member right uh, and, and to me that's just hilarious right that's very very hilarious very interesting as well just to see like yeah you, you guys can't bring this bear on here like what if we enlist him yeah okay yeah that's fine you can do that yeah it's like <laughs> what kind of loophole is that like okay we'll just we'll just draft him right now exactly you know yeah and they did and it they, worked they really did. it worked so Wojtek, you know, survives the war, right? And the war eventually does end. And uh, the members uh, of that division, or, the, you know, the entire Polish army, they kind of scatter uh, throughout the world. Uh, if you know anything about World War II history, Poland is kind of wrecked, right? So, of course, some people do return to Poland, but a lot of people decide they're going to seek a new life elsewhere. Like, they maybe, yeah. maybe their families were killed or maybe, you know, Something happened, like there's nothing left for them in Poland, right? So they go elsewhere. So these guys went all around the world, and the question arose, you know, what are we going to do with with the bear, right? And so uh, it's decided uh, that the bear would uh, accompany some of the soldiers back to Scotland. And so 
This bear goes back to Scotland uh, to a village called uh, Hutton. I, I'm sure that's not how you pronounce it. It's spelled H-U-T-T-O-N. So uh, anyway, he, he, there's this village up there he goes to where he lived with the former Polish soldiers for a while. They're being housed there for a short while before they, uh, you know, go on elsewhere. It's basically like a, a halfway home, if you want to call it that, you know, kind of in layman's terms. So anyway, he's chilling there. And it's it's reported, you know, by the locals there that uh, he would obviously, like you said, he would wrestle and box with people. Uh, he played soccer. He would attend concerts, like sit in the audience and listen to the music. <laughs> and he would attend yeah, dances. It is. And he would attend dances, you know, and dance with people. And so this bear lived a very full life, uh, you know, just like a person would, you know, if you think about it all the things that he, you know, took part, he, all these leisurely activities he did. And, you know, anyway, so, uh, Wojtek lived a very full life and he lived out the rest of his days there in Scotland, uh, where he would pass away in the year 1963. And so, uh, he actually reportedly passed away due to damage, uh, to his esophagus from the years of smoking. So that's kind of, that is sad, but it's also kind of like, not funny, haha, but funny in a way like, yeah, we taught this bear out of smoke and now it's dead. <laughs> now it's kind of dead. You know, and the dangers of smoking weren't known at the time as well as they are now, obviously. But uh, it's just kind of, like I said, not funny, haha, but funny, like interesting. Like this bear basically probably died from uh, cancer in his esophagus. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It is. Which is uh, a weird thing for a bear to die of, right? Yeah, for, for smoking. Right. So, anyway, he he dies there, and apparently there was like a just recently, I think in 2015, there was actually a statue erected to him there. Uh, yeah, uh, I think I read something about that. Yeah, <clears throat> and I think I read uh, that at some point in time he ended up in the Edinburgh Zoo. Uh, yes, yes, I forgot to mention that. Scotland, you know, and uh, there were reports of like. Over the years, because uh, he lived, you know, like you said, till the sixties, he lived a pretty long time. Yeah, uh, and some of the old, the ex-Polish soldiers and stuff would come see him, and uh, you know, sometimes they would jump the fence and go in there and bring him beer and cigarettes and play <laughs> with him, and, and uh, which is just, you know, really hilarious. It and is. I know they said his. Uh, he would always perk up if he ever heard anyone speak in Polish. Oh wow. Know? It would always, you know, get his attention. Yeah. Dude, so dude was bilingual. That's pretty neat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the average lifespan of a bear, Dylan, but he lived to be, you know, around 20, 21 years old. They found him in 1942 as a cub. So if you want to say he was born that year, you know, about 21 years. Yeah. Um, so. That's right there. Yeah. Very, very, in my mind, it sounds like a long life for a bear. Of course, I don't know what the, you know, expected age of a wild bear is. Of course, they don't die of esophagus cancer either yeah he may live a whole lot longer right you know? so i mean it, it's it's a sad ending to his story just like any animal that passes away but still he had, he lived a very full meaningful life you know and he did he did a lot more than i've done as of late <laughs> <laughs> so dylan do you have anything else uh, you'd like to add about Voitech? i think that pretty much sums it up all right so these guys you know these stories vault you know, very intriguing, very interesting to me and Dylan. That's why we kind of picked them. And, you know, this is kind of an example of all the animals that took part in warfare throughout the years. We just found these the most 
interesting of this era, at least. So. All right, guys, uh, we hope that you enjoyed today's episode and I appreciate you listening at home or in the car or wherever you may be. Uh, if you liked what you hear, heard on today's episode, please tell a friend, spread the word about your hopefully favorite history podcast. Uh, remember, you can find us on Instagram at just another history podcast with underscores between each word where we'll post, uh, you know, polls, questions, updates and information on future episodes. And make sure to join us next week at the same time and at the same place. The topic for next week's episode will be released soon on our Instagram page. That's all for now, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Just Another History Podcast. And until next time, remember, dive deeper, learn more, and share your love of history. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>